What's up, guys? Welcome to the Ready, Set, Show podcast. I'm your host, DT. Thank you all for joining us this week. And if you're into music, gaming, and more, you're in the right spot. Ready, Ready, Set, Set, Showtime. What's up, guys? Long time no see. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Show podcast. I'm your host and now only host, DT. I'll explain more on that in a little bit. Thank you all for joining us this week. And guys, as always, go like our Facebook page at RSS Podcast or Twitter at Ready, Set, Show Pod to keep up to date with everything on the show. Snapchat, I believe, or RSS Podcast. Uh, and, I, and as always, go like the anchor.fm backslash r dash s dash s dash podcast and you can find us on youtube though i need to go add the more recent i think from episode 55 to this episode on our youtube page again it's only audio right now but there's some things in the works with that you can find us on google and apple Podcasts. you can find us everywhere guys and if you go to our facebook page scroll down just a little bit you'll see a pinned post Anything relating to this show, you can find where you can find me. Everything's right there. Basically, it's just going to be me as of right now for a while. You know, I knew something had been going on with Letty. I mean, I, I, I just think it's, you know, her schedule is just where she works six to seven days a week, anywhere from 10 to 12 hour days some days. And then plus she got her daughter in cheerleading and just a lot of, lot of stuff going on. And we were recording every week, and then our schedules just went from where we were able to do that and still maintain and do the stuff we do throughout the week to, man, it just became overwhelming. And I might have just a little bit more time than Letty, you know, where I'm able, and of course, everything's here at my house, so it's easy for me to sit down and be ready to go. But Letty, man, I mean, she works third shift, and I had messaged her, because, man, two things. We don't, we're not going to rush and put out any shit episodes and that we don't feel good about, and two, we wanted to put out an episode every week. Now, you know, every now and then, something serious comes up, holiday, stuff like that. Yeah, we may not put one out every week. And here lately, I mean, good Lord, in the last two months, I think we've put out a handful of episodes, maybe if that. Things were just getting crazy, and I understood that, but I hadn't heard a lot from Letty these last few weeks, and I had to text her, and like, hey, we were going to record, and I hadn't heard anything back, and then three or four days later, after I'd sent that text, she messaged me the other day and had told me she just wants to put it on pause for a while. There's just a lot going on right now. I, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I knew something was up. She's telling me she doesn't want to quit or anything like that. She just wants to put it on pause for a while. And I'd already been thinking before this conversation that I was going to go ahead and just do an episode myself, and then whenever Letty was able to do it, then we would in turn get together and put out an episode for you guys. Now, I don't know. Letty may be back here in a few weeks, a month, two months. She may not come back. Either way, we thank her for all she's done here on the show, for the show, and just uh, everybody that's came and listened to this podcast be because of Letty. I mean, you may listen just because of her. I mean, that's cool, man. I mean, any support, 
Letty brought to the show or and the, everything she done on the show. I thank her, and I'm glad she's a, she's a good friend. I, I really hate it. But, hey, man, that's life, and some people, they got to take a step back. We all deal with things differently. Some people, like my dumbass, are just a sucker for pain, and they just keep trucking, and then whatever happens, happens. And sometimes that isn't the right approach, though, but I've just been one of those people, man. I think it's just like I've dealt with so much shit. Like, honestly, it just doesn't even phase me anymore. I've just learned to roll with it. Because Letty's schedule at the moment is way more hectic than mine. And mine's pretty damn hectic. She's got a lot of other stuff going on. And again, we understand. We wish her nothing but the best. We hope everything works out for her. Merry Christmas, Letty, and a Happy New Year, homie. I'm sure there's going to be some people that know Letty better than myself that may not listen anymore. Hey, that's fine. I mean, you know, I hope that everybody still likes comment shares the podcast and still listen i got some cool stuff coming up i'll eventually probably have people on and off the show and in the case that letty doesn't come back i might later down the road get a co-host or i might just have different people on i don't know if you guys remember a while back we were talking about an australian rapper we were going to interview this guy mugsy who's like i said a rapper based out of australia and then this other woman named angela marshall who's an ex-nfl wife well, Muggsy got in touch with me, sent me some pre-recorded audio that basically told about his background, his story, and how he got into rap. So I thought that was really cool. And I started thinking, and this is something new, an idea I've had to do for a while, where it's kind of like an artist spotlight to where these up-and-coming artists, rappers, bands come on, maybe send me some audio, kind of like Muggsy did, and we just basically highlight them, tell about them, and then we let the audio play in one of their songs, like as you'll hear of one of Muggsy's Understand Me, and then we just give our take on it, and then we'll do an interview with them. Now, the problem with Muggsy is he and being in Australia, they're 12 hours ahead. So let's say I wanted to do the interview at 3 in the afternoon. It'll be 3 in the morning there. So finding that balance between me and him as far as the time zones is difficult, but we'll get it done. I was sitting here like, damn, dude, what am I going to do now? Because, man, when I did it by myself a while back before Letty, it never felt the same to me, but... I've came a long way since then and had a lot more great ideas and just stuff going on and I'm getting back on track on this podcast game and we're going we're going to make this show good. I promise you guys, man. I got some stuff coming up. I'm dedicating more time the free time that I do have to this. So, we just stick with us. We got some cool shit coming up. Who knows, Mike grabbed my brother, he gets his head out of his ass. Me and him have definitely turned this podcast upside down. Before we jump into shout-outs, there's some things that I want to talk about. First off, I want to give my thoughts, prayers, everything out to the rapper Juice World who passed away at 21 years old in a Chicago airport. He suffered a medical emergency. I think he had a seizure Thoughts, prayers go out to him and his family, friends, fans, everybody that he did music with. I mean, this is a tragedy, dude. We keep losing these young, up-and-coming, awesome artists and musicians. So, I've got a Rolling Stone article here about Juice World. It says, Juice World, the rising Chicago rapper who topped the album charts in 2019 with his acclaimed Death Race for Love, has died at the age of 21. The rapper born Jared Higgins 
reportedly suffered a seizure at Chicago's Midway Airport on Sunday. He was rushed to a nearby hospital in, quote, unquote, extremely critical condition where he was pronounced dead, TMZ reported. Shocker, TMZ gets everything first. The Cook County Medical Examiner confirmed Higgins' death to Rolling Stone, quote, the autopsy has not been performed at this time, unquote. A spokesperson for the medical examiner said the coroner's office later stated that an autopsy would be performed on Monday. Quote, a 21-year-old male suffered a medical emergency and was transferred to Advocate Christ Medical Center in Oaklawn, where he was pronounced dead, unquote. A rep for the Chicago Police Department told Rolling Stone authorities would not identify the male as the investigation was still pending. No cause of death was provided, but CPD spokesperson Anthony, and as we say here on the show, when we can't pronounce the last name, Smith is what we're going to say his last name is, told the Chicago Sun-Times that, quote, no signs of foul play were evident to officers, unquote, quote, whether this is a narcotics issue or not is yet to be determined, unquote, Anthony added. So as the article goes along, we had a statement from Interscope slash Geffen Records, quoting that Juice made a profound impact on the world in such a short period of time. He was a gentle soul whose creativity knew no bounds, an exceptional human being, an artist who loved and cared for his fans above everything else. To lose someone so kind and so close to our heart is devastating. Our thoughts are with Juice's family and friends, everyone at his label grade A, and his millions of fans around the world, unquote. So more details came out over this story as I've been doing this episode over multiple days. I guess federal agents were coming to search his private jet and he swallowed a bunch of Percocets. The federal agents then gave him Narcon, which if any of you guys are familiar with anybody that overdoses, that's what they give to kind of get them out of it. I've actually known a few people that this has happened to that I had to call the ambulance over overdosing two family members, but I don't know why the federal agents were coming to search his plane. It's been rumored that a guy that's his close friend, homeboy, whatever, supposedly snitched on him for something i don't know exactly what he was involved in i will update you guys on this but as of right now yes it was an overdose unfortunately and guys i'm telling you i've been here it was percocet these fucking opioids man are the devil they will steal your fucking soul they ain't no different from cocaine crack heroin probably worse because i know the town i live in we were flooded with them and this town hasn't been the same ever since a lot of stuff has changed some for the good, most for the bad, because of this opioid outbreak. Please, guys, if you're ever offered those and you've never touched them, take it from me. Trust me. Stay the hell away from them. They are bad news. I damn near ruined my life. I mean, here I'm six, seven years clean now, still digging out of the hole because of those damn things. And I'm lucky to be here on this microphone talking to you guys because of these pills. And why these are legal and allowed to be put out still, I mean, we need to find a better way. I would rather people be prescribed Suboxone or Subutec for pain rather than these damn pain pills. I mean, if you had to choose either one, 90% 
90% of the cases that I've heard of someone getting addicted to opioids, they it's usually a hard-working American that's never done any drugs. They have either a work-related injury or just some type of injury. They start taking these pills for the pain that the doctor gives them, and then boom. So this is a tragic story. Juice World, unfortunately, was just a victim to this. And I guess he had snapped out of it when they gave him the Narcon. I'm assuming maybe he started having the seizures, and that led to him ultimately dying. So this is tragic, and I hate it so bad for Juice World, man. My thoughts go out to him, his family, his fans, everybody that he played music with. Again, I can't stress it enough. And guys, please, take it from me, 38 years old, a guy that was strung out on pain pills for many years of my life stay away from them and all drugs there's no happy ending yeah you might have a little fun for a while but trust me when i tell you eventually that fun comes crashing down along with your life all right and our final bit of news here to top the show this one's going to be involving you two now i will be ranting about this a little later so i'll just kind of go over what's going on between youtube the fca and uh, this new copa cartoonbrew.com a new youtube rule is threatening animators and content creators here's what you need to know about copa it says what's the story youtube has announced a new system for identifying kids content on its platform from january 1st 2020 creators will be asked to specify which of their videos new and previously uploaded ones alike are quote unquote made for kids they will be able to define entire channels as kid oriented too this rule applies to all creators regardless of where they are based what will happen if they do on videos and channels marked as quote unquote for kids youtube will no longer collect data on viewers cookies and show them targeted ads instead quote unquote contextualize ads based on the video's content will be played these videos and channels will also lose a number of features on quote unquote kids videos things like comments info cards and end screens will be disabled Channels will no longer have notification bells, community tabs, stories, and more. Why this is going on? These plans are YouTube's way of complying with a landmark settlement reached with the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, short for FTC, and the New York Attorney General on September the 4th. YouTube was fined a record $170 million, according to the complainant, violating the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act short for copa i thought it was 200 million the video that i'd watched about this when i first heard about it this law prohibits websites from gathering personal information on children anyone under 13 without their parents consent the ftc's website has more on the complaint what will this mean in practice one upshot of the ruling is that the video platform is no longer allowed to show children targeted ads creators of kid friendly content will very likely notice a drop in revenue as targeted ads pay them more than non-targeted ones. TubeFilter estimates that they could lose 60 to 90% of their income, which, I mean, you might as well just say fuck it, and go to a non-kid-friendly platform, but they know 60 to 90%, they know damn well. This is going to clear out most content creators, minus those that have millions of followers, and I don't know, maybe they're able to bounce back from that, but even then, you got to really watch your content. Dude, it's just stupid. 
Moreover, the disabling of features will discourage engagement with their videos. In other words, they will get fewer views, a further blow to their revenue. Finally, songwriter and prolific YouTube creator Perry Grip has noticed that videos he marked as quote-unquote made for kids stopped appearing in Google searches. And guys, that's just a little basic breakdown of what's happening. It will take effect January 2020. So if you don't check whatever right, like it's, oh, this is kid-friendly or it's not kid-friendly. Let's say you mess up or you try to lie even. They're going to fine you $42,000. And guys, this isn't, oh, they warned me and then the second, third time I did it, they fined me. No, guys, you do it one time, boom, $42,000 fine, holla at you. And I got like I said, I'm going to rant on this later, but I got to tell you, this is a black eye for YouTube. I get it. They were fined all that money, but I feel like this isn't the route to go. Though I do understand it. You don't want any these pedos and these fucking weird idiots messing with kids or anything like that. And that I do understand. But you also have to understand that this is a lot of these kids jobs and by you doing this you know damn fucking well that some of them aren't going to get to do it but like i said more on that later guys all right guys and now it's time for shout outs gotta shout out my beautiful family man actually got a message from my middle-aged daughter 15 year old last night and she you know she's a little mad at me but good to hear from her we're gonna talk and work everything out and a lot of personal stuff there i don't really want to talk about on air but journey bunny we love you we miss you you're the greatest so good to talk to you that's from me darcy your sisters and i'm sure your brother too and i, I love darcy and kinsley so much so i'm glad they're by my side and though things have been weird between me and my family and hopefully one day we can hash all that out you know i got love for people man but things happen families fight and Hopefully it can be worked out, but I always got to thank my beautiful family for being by my side. They push me to be my best every day, and I love them. Got to thank my former co-host, still best friend, Letty. Though she's taking a break, we wish her nothing but the best, and we're thankful for everything she did while on this podcast. And I'm not meaning to sound like that she's not coming back but if she doesn't we're still gonna wish her the best no matter what she does and if she comes back that's hell yeah even better we hope that happens and we hate that she had a lot going on to the point to where she had to take a break i mean i know we had talked at one time that this day would never come that we would constantly grind but hey man sometimes things come up in life like i stated you can't help it some of us got to take a step back some of us can deal with it and that's just life i mean it's we don't hold any hard feelings against letty and and again we hope everything works out for her. we hope she gets everything worked out comes back to the show even stronger and better and we're gonna kill it and if not then we wish her nothing but the best and we're thankful for everything she did so shout out to letty and the rubster gotta thank drama brian she's behind the scenes and been really busy lately haven't had a lot of communication with her but we're thankful for everything she also has done gotta thank everybody that's came on the show and supported this podcast whether you shared listened whatever it may be we i thank all you guys that were cool enough to come on here take time out of your week to give us a few minutes to come on here and act a damn fool 
I got to thank Kellen Keller, the man, the myth, the legend that got me rolling on this podcast game. He really did, man. I always got to show him love because without him, I, I don't know that I would have ever done a podcast, truthfully. Got to thank everybody down at Greenville Vapor, man. I vape every day, and I'm telling you, those guys here locally, anything I need, they got me. If they ain't got it, they'll order it for me, won't charge me out to ass. And guys, if you're trying to quit smoking, you go in there. They're not going to try to get you to buy the most expensive shit. They'll set it up to where it's a fair price. Now, guys, keep in mind, when you go into a vape shop, it's not like buying online, don't think, because you find a website with a starter kit that's 50 bucks and you go in a vape shop and it's 80 to 100 that they're somehow ripping you off no they're gonna obviously charge more they gotta have money i think a lot of people forget that big shout out to adam jonathan richard grayson will all those guys down there great group of people man they got you anything vaping related holla at them and I just want to thank everybody that supports this podcast. I mean, I'm sure those that are Letty's friends, I don't know if, obviously, hopefully they still listen. If not, thank you all for the time you did give this podcast. I appreciate it. Those that listen, have shared, again, commented, new listeners, people that's been with us from the start, we want you to know we appreciate all you guys. I mean, we may not have hundreds and thousands of followers and listeners right now but we will man i mean i'm gonna keep going i got some ideas we're gonna mix it up a little bit um you might you got to deal with my goofy ass but i'm sure it'll be all right man we'll we'll get everything figured out and make this podcast dope it's gonna be all good trust me on that guys but guys again go like the facebook page that's where i post anything relating upcoming on the show first at rss podcast follow our anchor page i'm telling you guys that is where i post all the audio episodes first it's anchor.fm backslash r dash s dash s dash podcast give that a follow again you can find us on youtube spotify google and apple Podcasts. and guys if you add the facebook page you scroll down just a very little bit there'll be a pin post at the top of the page anything related to this podcast where where we stream the podcast all our social media pages all that good stuff it's right there again thank y'all for the support all right now on to all right guys for the music segment this week man there really wasn't a whole lot of news that really stuck out to me and plus i kind of wanted to do a little something something different so guys an australian rapper that goes by the name muggsy he messaged me a while back out of nowhere and talking about doing an interview and i'm like you know looking at this guy's credentials like dude holy shit like bro like (laughs) you would do more for us than we could do for you but i would love nothing more you know it'd be great to interview you plus i like to mix it up i mean locally local music of course i always support but i like to support those that on the on the up and coming and especially overseas that's a even that's a plus plus really cool guy really determined I guarantee you this dude will make it one day. I like his music. 
it's awesome man and usually i'm really picky especially about the newer stuff but man this guy's roots and the artists that inspired him or a lot of my favorite rap artists that i would rather listen to any day of the week than these new rappers and his mindset and thinking is is that of myself the old school rap is what started it and these new mumble rap idiots untalented ass have ruined it and that and kanye west dumbass too like kanye take your fucking meds and go to fucking sleep stop anyway i'll go i'm gonna go ahead and put that audio in here and then i'll just give my take on it uh we might at the end of this throw in a track or two if it's okay with mugsy and then eventually i want to do an actual interview with him so look for that in a in a future episode hopefully i can set that up within the next few weeks you know figure out a way to get that but enjoy this mugsy an australian rapper and he kind of just it's this audio it kind of breaks down what where he's from who inspired him what he's about and just everything so enjoy Mugsy, let's get it. Yo, yo, what's going on, people? It's Mugsy, upcoming hip-hop artist from Sydney, Australia, of the land down under. And right now, I'm going to do this kind of vlog interview video about myself, exactly the five elements, hip-hop kiddo Mugsy from Sydney of Australia, um, to tell a little bit about myself, how I got into hip-hop, how I escalated it and evolved myself into the man I am today, and just how basically hip-hop saved my life, and I'm thankful every day that I came in touch with this, in my sense, beautiful culture, because, you know, like I always say, if somehow hip-hop didn't exist anymore, then you've lost me and my identity as a person. But, yeah, I'm going to take you... You know, you viewers and whoever's listening to this audio, a trip back into the past, uh, 14 years ago, little Muggsy at the age of 14, an early teen of adolescence, and take you through the journey, maybe what I've done and, you know, who I've become along the way, because I'm 28, going on to 2019 for 2020. But um, let's get involved with this, and hopefully you fans enjoy it, or whoever's listening to the audio, take something from it, and enjoy, you know, this audio as well so let's rewind and take a trip back to the past when I was 14 you know the early thousands era people say it was the platinum era because you know a lot of the artists were playing you know wearing the platinum chains and the baggy clothes and you know we had the three horsemen at the time which was Eminem and 50 Cent and Dr. Dre which was like the pinnacle of its time you know we had artists like Jay-Z and you know Rockefeller and Damon Dash and Cameron and Beanie Siegel we had you know the South which was Chameleon and Paul Wall with the mixtape game man we had like the diplomats we had man so much talent coming out of the early thousands man but I remember man being sort of that that teen man that was kind of an outsider starting off in my adolescence years man I had no identity was sort of picked on a bit and bullied and messed around with a bit man and that sort of led me onto a path of depression and anxiety and doubting myself and just try like you know rolling with the wrong crowds man like just trying to find my identity man of whoever was pushing me aside would give me that sort of chip on my shoulder mentality of why is the world fooling around with me man you know why is the world hating on me man is it because i'm an outsider maybe i'm not have the same opinions and goals or same outlooks on whoever was doing it around the time man and that really 
they always say, man, when you're, when you're a teenager through high school, you really find what you want to be in your future, carve you into the man or, you know, the woman you are later on in life to be. You don't get that starting off, you know, that sort of push or that start where we fall into a deep, eternal, dark depression, man. And it's a scary thing because like a lot of kids, you know, they fall through the suicide routines or do something crazy and, you know, there's no, no turning back from those, those, those paths, man. And I really ran into that sort of cycle of thinking negative and thinking that the world was black and dark and not really appealing to me. And that's why I say the early thousands, man, was so powerful at that time, man, because like obviously we had the decades of the generations man but something about the early thousands man you could not run away from a man of hip-hop like it was like the pinnacle of its marketing era like you had it in music and you know clothing and movies and video games and sporting athletes and everywhere you went it screamed hip-hop at the time and I remember man having such a chip on my shoulder that I could sort of relate to these artists of having that expression and that pain through whatever they're you know they're going through well whatever their communities or you know their societies or their worlds like were sort of going through they could you know take that negative influence and flip you know they could not influence but take that negative you know sort of outlook and flip it on its head and throw it into a positive outcome man which was rhythm and poetry of the power of hip-hop and like you know changing their messages through this art form and this culture of hip-hop man and obviously being a white boy man from the suburbs Eminem was obviously the key at the time like you know when 8 Mile dropped I always say every white boy from the suburbs man wanted to be a rapper when that film dropped and some you know went down the Wigger path man you know like the whole Malibu's most wannabe rad and then some really took the culture and really wanted to maybe find their place in life through this culture and this art form. And I was one of those people, man. Like, I didn't want to see a therapist, man, or pop a pill to make me happy, man, because I knew that wouldn't have worked. There, I wanted to find an identity within myself. And because I had nothing of that, man, I, I had no interests, I had no self well being about myself or self persona about myself. And maybe that was the reason why I got kicked down a lot. And when I came into hip-hop, it gave me an identity, it gave me an art form and a, a purpose and well-being in life. So, man, like at first, obviously, Eminem being a white boy in a black domain of culture, man, I guess you can say related to not just the inner white kids, but the suburban white kids like myself, man. And I really resonated with that anger and aggression he had in his, you know, like the Slim Shady LP and the Marshall Mathers LP um, and the Eminem show and so on and so forth. But starting off man I was like you know why not try and like write like a rhyme or like write a rap and my early early days man were writing exactly how M used to write like that real twisted psychotic wordplay that he used to do the Slim Shady kind of vibe and that was only therapeutic to get my anger out there man like that was deliberately who I was it was just more to get the anger out there and I remember coming home from school and these generational hip-hop programs would come on and it would show you the decades of the 70s, like the Boogie Down Bronx, Grandmaster Kaz, Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, African Bambada, Melly Mel, and just the birth era. And they would have like the 80s, which was LL Cool J, Eric B and Rakim, you know, Run DMC and 
uh, like Keras One and you know Ice T and even like the likes of you know to the the first ever white artist man to come into the scene of hip hop. I'm not talking about Vanilla Ice. I'm not talking about the Beastie Boys. I'm talking about MC Search and Pete Nice from Third Base, man. Man, like I mean. Third bass, man, to whoever's not listening to this audio or maybe listening to it and being schooled with this historical of just what I've preached, man, you've just got the gas face, man, because you've really got to learn about some white artists in the game, man. But MC Search, he doesn't get enough recognition of what he deserves, man, and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Nas, we wouldn't have Illmatic, which is one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, in my opinion. And Nas is definitely up there as a top MC, a top five MC to me, um, or to anyone that wants to do hip-hop, man. So we got MC Search, and then we had the 90s, of course, which was the golden era, man. Um, you know, and I could flood a whole list, but people say the golden era because there was so much talent. You had to have the bars, man. You had to have your messages. You had to have your lyricists, your punchlines up if you wanted to claim to be a rapper or claim to even come into a cypher or claim to even be hip-hop, man. See, like, that's why I say, man, with these kids now doing this mumble trap, man, if, like, you were back in the 90s, man, there was no way that shit would fly. Like, that would get swept under the rug ASAP, man, like, and you'd be obliterated by incredible MCs, man, I could go down the list, like, you know, Tupac, Biggie, that whole Death Row and Bad Boy movement, the West and East Coast, and then you had the West, which was, like, NWA, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, man, and you had Puerto Ricans, like, Big L, like, Big Pun, I was gonna say Big L, but he was a classic man, Big L, Wu-Tang Clan, Onyx, Naughty by Nature, I could go down a whole list, man, Cypress Hill, man, there was so much talent, and I'm not just talking about the real lyricist dudes, man, we had party times, man, Fresh Prince, Kid and Play, and TLC, like, I'm even talking about R&B style that had, like, that tinge of hip-hop to him, man, and I'm probably taking you back here through time, man, of these golden memories, man, of classic tracks that still hold up today, and then you obviously had the early thousands, which was the era that I mentioned, but... I remember just being so mesmerized with this culture over the decades and the years, man, and wanting to be a part of it. Even though I was just starting off as 14, man, I wanted to be a part of this movement. Um, you know, even though it started USA kind of based, that's the birthplace, man, is the New York style. And then, you know, like as America as a whole, man, to how it's become so universal. I wanted to be a part of that, um, but be gratefully respected as not just a white boy trying to rap, but as a prominent rapper or MC. And I remember seeing these OG pioneer fathers like, you know, Karis One, Ice-T or Chuck D from Public Enemy. And every time they'd be interviewed or do like a little set before performance, man, they'd always preach that hip-hop was brought up on authenticity and uniqueness and that's what the foundation and the flavor is of what makes this culture so great is like you can have your influences in your idols and your like your your peers to sort of I guess you can say find your identity and you have them as kind of like like a backbone to you know really carve your own craft but if you're mimicking and only just doing what they're doing and not finding your own passion your own material or your own message you're really going to be frowned upon when it comes to the house of hip-hop man because you're not really finding your true calling you're not coming to the table of what you could do you're only doing what they can do and so that was really insightful to me at the age of 14 because i mean 
Like at the age of 14, even to kids probably listening to this audio, man, yes, you are in that narcissistic mindset of materialistic things. You know, you want the money, you want the fame, you want the girls, you want the car, the money and like everything. And you don't really care about it as a culture. You just see what's cool and what's now, what's hip. But with me at that age, and I'm going to preach this to whoever's listening, something sparked my brain of when I see these pioneer fathers talk so much passion about this culture they created, it sent something to me to be like, that materialistic thing is cool, but to have a culture is an overall welcoming mat like it's it's an overall acceptance more than a cool thing to be if you have more passion for the culture and what it's done so universally to the materialistic things or the fashion and you're more a prominent form in hip-hop compared to someone just rapping for that that kind of garbage man and that really woke me up to be like why don't i have a message and tell my story and then my first album release, which was Ride or Die, and it was like there was like a lot of tracks on there, like you know, King of the Underground, Keep on Rapping, No More Pain, and like all these inspirational tracks of how I was telling my story. Even though it was demo material, it was very rough. Like I, when I listen back to it, it is very, very rough material. Like it's almost cringeworthy to put it on, and sometimes my homies put it on to take the piss out of me. But I was just starting off, man, and. You hear my little teenage voice trying to rap along and trying to write my own rhymes and stuff. But it's a learning curve, man. And A, I brought it out there in the MySpace days and people chewed it up. Some people loved it, some people hated it, man. And I just kept grinding. This is early days of social media or MySpace. Like when you would have your little band profile, but you in the outside world, you would have to physically hand out hard copies and go to maybe youth centers and local DJs and even maybe fake RDs to get into clubs and man just so they could play like your record or house parties man and hand the local DJ your tape and get that weird look as like who are you I've never heard of you before but you gotta talk a whole lot of game just to get your name played and Man, I did all that. I did all that with my rough demo of Ride or Die, man. And I look back at those times being so colourful because it was something that was fueling me knowing that I'm doing what probably my idols did before they were famous, handing their rough demos out and doing the ciphers and doing the open mics and stuff and slowly building that recognition of being a rapper or being known as this culture of hip-hop. And that fueled me to, to a point of just, like, there's no turning back, like... When you hear those first people say, are you a rapper? Or are you doing hip-hop now? Yeah, you know, spit of a spit of bars. Spit. And then, like, they their ears peak up or their eyes peak up. And they're just like, dude, this guy's got bars. It's that local little celebrity buzz of, man, I can't put the mic down. i got to keep writing and i got to keep being insightful and know more about the culture that, like, I don't know about. And that's what led me on to my second album, which, was, which released in 2013, which was Understand Me. And Understand Me, man was more an add-on to Ride or Die. Like, Understand Me was the first album, why not tell about my story and my inner self-well-being? And then Understand Me is, look, I've got the power to do this, why not tell about an overall atmospheric pride, like, you know, message, is whoever's listening to this album, maybe they can take something out of it that they're going through. Like, yeah, I can relate to Muggsy or I've been through the same dramas and the same upbringings and the same, you know, obstacles. I've done the same thing. So that was more the, you know, Rada Da was more about me. Understand Me was more about what am I giving back to society, whoever's listening to my music. And a lot of chewing masks right now of saying, you know, when are we going to get a third album? But 
you know, I've, I've done so much, man. Like, I've fallen into, you know, so many categories, which is music, acting, youth work, meet and greets with celebs I'll never see the light of day, you know, growing up and listening to their albums and somehow being in the same room as them and being in face-to-face and having a convo. Like, never thought I'd see that as the light of day. And that's all just because of the power of hip-hop and believing in myself and just giving this culture my all. I'm thankful along the way because, I mean, there's stuff I, I never thought I'd see do. Like, some of the things I'll mention is, you know, two albums, working on a third at the moment, radio play, interviews, features, um, name drops worldwide across not just Australia but across the land, across, like, USA, UK, Canada, Japan, like, a whole ton. A documentary about me, like, Sydney Film School here in Australia, like, one of the biggest did a documentary like it came up where I lived did a three-day doco to submit to the film festivals because they wanted to know about my career and what I do and how I embrace hip-hop to the core like that's so unbelievable to me and I mean I've taught hip-hop and taught music and programs to UNSW which is University of New South Wales one of the biggest universities here in New South Wales of Australia and teenagers that somehow stumbled across my name and heard my name get around and they're like look we love this Muggsy dude why doesn't he do like little workshops with us and let's see if we can like learn something about this and learn more about it and I got the you know potential to do that and shout out to D2MG that you know really got me on board with that did a few programs and I know dudes man that studied their whole life to be you know like in the profession of university or um you know to be lecturers and stuff and man i just fluked it like somehow i'm standing in a unsw classroom and talking to like 30 students about this culture that i love like that's the power of like how hard i hustle man and i've done a whole bunch of other stuff man i wouldn't want to go down the list and bore the viewers but I've done some pretty incredible things within my career, man. Um, And I'm thankful along the way because that's just how hard I grind and hustle and the acknowledgement and achievements I get along the way. But, I mean, when it comes to Australia, man, we we have, like, a lot of love for the hip-hop culture here. We, you know, whatever comes out about the culture or... Because it's such an Americanized thing. It was brought up in the USA, born in the USA, but it's become so universal. Like you got Japan with the, you know, the DJ, I mean, the um, b-boying and, you know, the sneakers and the clothing. You know, you got UK with the grime scene and the battle rap scene and you got Australia that just takes a little bit of everything and, you know, like puts it in a pot and just assembles it into our own way. And we love it, man. We've got the battle rap league over here is pretty gnarly, man. You know, we've got pretty gnarly MCs that are coming up out of the game, man. We're not talking that Iggy Azalea bullshit. I'm not going to get into detail with it, but to real hip-hop heads know she had a golden opportunity and she spat in our face with that female B-Rad Wigger bullshit, man. So Iggy is not on our plate, man. You guys can have her. She's not even hip-hop, man. She's hip-hop. Exactly. Do you see my pronunciation? Not hip-hop. Hip-pop, man. You know, she's just a cornball, man. So, yeah. Not a year's earlier, so don't claim her to be Australian hip hop. We have real MCs down here in the land down under. You know, home of the Crocodile Dundees and the Hugh Jackmans and, of course, the five-element hip-hop kiddo Muggsies and whoever wants to be an MC within Sydney and Melbourne and Queensland, Brisbane and Gold Coast. And I could go down the whole list, man. But um, you can see how much passion I'm talking with hip-hop, man. You know, just a kid that had nothing, man, like had no self-well-being about himself, 
doubted himself to just someone who like now people recognize me man and like they see me and they're like yo you're that hip-hop dude right or you're Muggsy like even if they don't know me by name like they just know I'm associated with this culture somehow through word of mouth or my page or just seeing me around and know that I love this culture and craft to its fullest through its full potential and I'm talking about the real hip-hop I'm not talking about this phony corny what is it clout or you know just trying to get your instagram buzz up i'm talking about the real roots in the culture and to whoever's listening to the audio or even interviews that i do you know when they interview me or you know um you know vlog about me that they become so surprised and thrilled that i'm so secluded here in australia like across the pond and they're like you know so much about the history or have so much respect of what's come before you um even the dudes that probably don't get enough shine that they do you know like the founding fathers uh, but you still give them praise i'm almost choking up because it's such a powerful culture that i love and i haven't been in new york i haven't been in the boogie down bronx i haven't been to 1520 sedwick avenue even though i've given it a shout out in my my track aussie with an american attitude hopefully 2020 someday i'll be there and breathe in that historic vibe that historic block just what carved the way you know, of this culture that i love so dearly and it's it's such a powerful thing i get giddy when i i see these pioneer fathers or these real mcs you know bar for bar like who i've mentioned even though they people say oh they're old yeah they're old cats you know they've had their time not to me they're still shining bright in my eyes man to me like you, you throw like a Takashi six nine that snitch bitch in there, or you throw a little this or a shorty this, or some tattooing your face up and wearing dresses and skinny jeans and all. This whole era, man, of like clout rap, whatever they call it, man, just to build a Instagram buzz or a SoundCloud buzz, man, SoundCloud rap. That that's corny to me, man, because they're exploiting so, something that was beautiful and turning it in, into something that's materialistic and nasty, man. That's why I pray, you know, I shun them down and I bring the real OGs and the real MCs and the real hip hop heads back up again. Go check them out, man, and go check out some real talent and stop making these this garbage, man, viral. Like this hot or not mentality. It's like, oh yeah, it's a, it's hot, and then next minute it's not not investing into artists, man, because. Like I'm going to preach in this in this audio, man. Uh, I know the pain of what, what it becomes to be an artist of grinding and hustling for opportunities. You know, because I know dudes that bust their ass in a 9 to 5 and the dream's only a limelight on the side. And meanwhile, you, you have this mumble rap that's saying nothing on a track and touring stadiums, man. And making and exploiting this culture and making a living off it. That's like a criminal going scot-free, in my opinion. And you're probably thinking, whoa, Muggsy, that's a bit bold. But that's how generally I feel. When you can have someone that's full of buffoonery and stupidity and go viral. And then all these vlogs and people are like, he's the next big hip-hop superstar. And meanwhile, you've got like probably the next Nas working a desk job, man. Probably a bit like the maddest 16 have this mad talent probably only got like 300 views on his, on his freestyle or something that's criminal to me man and that film what's it called idiocracy that's what we're living now when it comes to the hip-hop community now man we're living in an idiocracy time like you know in an idiocracy society man and that's why i preach for those artists that have a dream and want it to become a reality and i preach to bring that true form of hip-hop back of having a message having a style having just a raw grit of 
don't be sensitive, man, and don't be a bitch about anything. Like, that's what Fight the Power, that's what Public Enemy did, what NWA did, you know, what Two Live Crew did, what Ghetto Boys did. Like, all these legendary dudes, I would just stick the middle finger up at you and be like, man, get out of here with your sensitive society, man. But now it's like, do not care what we put on the plate. It's just like, we can snitch on each other. Yeah, I'm mentioning the bitch. We're doing all this radical stuff and we don't care about who paved the way and what we exploit because we're getting money. That to me is damaging. That to me is disregarding and disgracing the culture of what came before us, man. To any teenager or to whoever... Because I was a young kid getting into this game, man. To whoever's wants to claim to be hip-hop or uh, hip-hop opens their doors or somehow just wants to be a part of it, man. Do your homework, man. Learn who paved the way. Learn the generational years or how it's become so universal. Appreciate, like, you know, everything about it. Not just rapping. I'm talking about five elements, man. Like, you know, rapping, like, emceeing, DJing, b-boying, graffiti, and, of course, the five which people tend to forget is knowledge because knowledge is key when it comes to the hip-hop community, man. People say it's four. I say it's five um, because keeping that culture alive and... Man, that's all I can say. That's I can't preach that enough. It's not about your SoundCloud buzz. It's about loving the culture. That's the true buzz right there. And I've probably gone over time with this audio. Hopefully, it's told a little bit about my backstory. Hopefully, it's given some insight. Yo, check me out at Mugzy, M-U-G-Z-Y. But to worldwide viewers, that's M-U-G-Z-Y. Support my movement. Keeps up to updates with interviews like this. Who I get to meet along the way. Opportunities along the way. And if you're an upcoming artist or you want someone to check out your music or maybe point you in the right direction in maybe your avenue or a better direction, whatever the case may be. Hit me up at an inbox. I try and get back to everyone. But all I do is support real hip-hop, five elements, knowledge, and a don't stop. And that's what I live for. And Hopefully, whoever's listening to this audio really can hear that through my voice and stuff. So thanks once again, guys. And keep supporting real hip-hop. That's all I can say. Peace! And once again, shout-out thanks to my man, Daniel. Shout-out thanks to Ready, Set, Show by hosting this little interview vlog interview with me, the five-element hip-hop kiddo, Muggsy, straight from the shores of Sydney, which is home of the Heath Ledgers, Hugh Jackmans, Crocodile Dundees, and, of course, five-element hip-hop kiddo, Muggsy, just spreading my love and appreciation for the hip-hop community universally. So you have another friend, fan, follower here in Sydney, Australia, at the land down under like there's no other. Thanks once again, man. All the best for the rest of 2019 and 2020. And that's forever beginning. Peace. All right, guys. That was my boy, Muggsy. Give a shout out to Muggsy. Thank you for sending that in, man. I wish we could have done an actual interview. We'll set that up within the next two weeks a month. But, man, I'm telling y'all, Muggsy's talented. So right now what I want to do, I'm going to throw a track of his called Understand Me, probably one of my favorites that he does. So give you guys an idea what Muggsy sounds like. We putting people on on this podcast. Got to show our local musicians, our up-and-coming musicians, artists, rappers. We got to show them love, man. Get their name out there, man. This trash-ass music going on now, hell no. I'm doing my part. We got to get rid of this shit. The bad babies and people like this, these trash-ass mumble rappers, fake-ass rock stars. We got to stop this shit, man. So everybody enjoy. Again, this is Muggsy, track Understand Me. Enjoy.
up on the hip hop music Just breathing that air for something to use it It's amazing how these people look at you different Because you're not the same, man it's just so infant What do you want me to be just like you? Nah one plus one for me doesn't equal two, equal two How is it when this world works? But these people don't pull you in so all it does is hurt No respect and no love There will never be a change when these people will all rise above It's a democracy, so approximately My Rachel burst out and all you have to do is just stop with me Increase the peace at least for once So we can breathe about all Yeah, yeah, getting teased Cause right now we are all Crying in the rain Ripping our hair out Going insane, going insane, yeah You don't, you don't Understand me about myself a lonely wolf and you're all the wealth point the finger is like pulling a trigger blow my brains out when you call me wigger you go figure f you to the pussy see the baggy jeans and chains and label me like i'm some kind of funny see why because my skin is white and not black it's the love for hip-hop not to be labeled as that it's a disappointment for your enjoyment as a joke I feel like grabbing my hands around your throat to choke I know it's scary, but that's the very thing I'm intent to do If it comes to that, man there's no stopping me to you We all go a little mad sometimes Maybe because all the haters know how to push all the bad lines Why? Because they just don't like who we are So what? We are fine to become my inner star Inner star, yeah These people say respect all, but they turn into two faces walking down the dark hall. It's because they don't have a change of heart. All they love to do is rip people apart. Kissing is the mission, giving their suicidal ignition. A thumbs up for the people to be witnessing. Trust me, I know. I've been through that horror show. Saw the light and thought it was a no go. To top it all off, just be yourself underneath Just look up to the skies and think about the peace At least because we are that beautiful person Just to be earning what we are deserving A little respect, is that too much for the sake of it? And to be awakening from it? No, because we've got something to prove Coming together as a culture, we have nothing to lose Yeah
Again, that's Australian-based rapper Muggsy out of Sydney, Australia. Shout out again to Muggsy, man. That dude going places, man. I mean, it's and it's so cool to hear, like, rap in, in different countries, you know, because it, it's really different, like European rap, stuff like that from, from the rap we have here in America. And I, I love it, man. I love all different kinds of styles of music. And I love that Understand Me track. I love that chorus. I love that beat. I love that piano in there, Muggsy. We might we might have to turn that into an intro or segment music here on the Ready, Set, Show podcast with your approval, man. Holla at me. But I love that beat, dude. That beat is so goes so hard in that. I love it. And I love that chorus. You don't understand me. And I think we all can relate to that song, man. Sometimes people don't understand us and, and realize, you know, they just judge us and put this label on us whether it be of our past how we dress and that's why i love this song so much and mugsy's mentality and his outlook on music and hip-hop from past to present he's a great artist man and i i wish him nothing but the best and i know he's gonna make it uh, Muggsy has actually reached out to us, kind of like the ex-nfl wife uh, angela marshall which i need to get up with her man it's been a while and we just man right now it's hard for the equipment wise we're trying to figure out the best way to record where it'll sound good again i'm not putting out any shit or any rushed material what i really liked about mugsy aside from his talent in in hip-hop was his knowledge a lot of the artists that he talked about again from the 90s era to the early 2000s and i don't give a damn best rap era ever you had nwa starting in the 90s, which I think they technically may have started in the late 80s. You had Dre, Snoop, oh my God, Tupac, Biggie. Some people might say P. Diddy. I never liked him. He got on my fucking nerves. That was just a time in music where you, you were excited about music. And also in rock. I mean, these last 10 to 12 years, maybe more, give or take, I'm sorry I haven't been. Like, dude, it is so hard for me to find rap or rock new artists or bands that i like and like post malone i like him there's a few other good ones out right now like j cole's like kendrick lamar but i mean me i find myself going back to to the past like that 90s early 2000s era we won't i, I don't know if we'll ever get back to that i hope and pray we do i'm gonna do my part but i, I just don't think it'll ever happen i really don't mugsy touched on this too some of the stuff that comes out nowadays, it's embarrassing, especially rap-wise. Like, rap is one I remember back in the 90s, 2000s, like, the, like Muggsy touched on. The shit that was coming out, that's coming out now, dude, they would laugh at those guys. They would never even have a thought of putting them on wax or on the radio. They would laugh their ass out of the studio or wherever they were at. I just don't, I, I don't understand what we're doing i don't understand the people that are saying this is good stuff and i get these labels a lot of the times you get a lot of the same artists but don't put out shit like that bad baby bitch that went on dr phil H how did she get a record contract what dumbass said you know what you sound good and i mean she got a big contract like we've talked about before on the show i can't believe it and whoever let that bitch, whoa, Vicky, 
put out any kind of music i don't give a damn if she's got a record deal or not youtube channel i don't care should you should smack yourself twice for letting that dumb bitch put out music because man i remember sitting around on mtv when back when they had trl the 20 countdown before it turned into like the damn backstreet boys pop pussy shit but i remember sitting there excited like headbangers ball actually that's probably a better example and just getting excited hell even watching beavis and butthead dude i mean he had they had all kinds of different uh bands and artists and stuff like that on there and just getting excited waiting on that video i mean dude you would sit there and wait 20 through all 20 videos just waiting on that one video like me for like when deftones uh, changing the house of flies uh wu-tang cream came out tupac any fucking track he put out i mean you got excited man it gave you chills you know how long it's been since i've got chills from music and i'm not talking about when i listen to past stuff and it sucks man yeah a lot of those guys would rather remain underground most of them but man we really need them to, to be in the mainstream let me think about it, dude what are we really here now a lot of country like taylor swift and shit and kanye i mean this fucking guy i don't know what the hell he's doing one minute he's praising donald trump putting out these yeezus fucking out like what the what what is happening how did music get here and i don't know man I, that's why i really was impressed with with mugsy and his musical library knowledge and his influences or a lot of the same artists that i like like man i always love nas always love snoop dre eminem wu-tang i loved wu-tang i like the far side good lord the roots my god i mean everybody there was just so many good artists then man i mean take your pick and, and the thing about it is they all didn't sound the same they might have had the same style but they all brought their own uniqueness man and yeah you had people come out trying to imitate them but you just said ah screw those guys it was just a great time in music i miss it and that's why i like when we talk on here like rage against the machine reuniting that's why i get so excited because those bands and rappers artists of those eras they stood for something it wasn't about how much fucking money you had or how many drugs you did so on top of the shit music we now have these guys high as fuck trying to make music can't even understand what the fuck they're saying they're so high we're having ods from these younger artists and for some reason we've made these people famous and made this shit look cool ain't nothing cool about doing drugs selling drugs trust me and you everybody finds that out that goes down that path later in their life when everything crashes down or they lose everything so trust me when i tell you there's nothing to glorify about that and why we have pushed this type of music to the top it's ridiculous think about this this is the scary part there's some dumbass promoting putting this guy on that's saying this shit is good that's the scary part and those of you that have unfortunately ever seen somebody od or had to call an ambulance save somebody's life that's od and trust me you find out really quickly that there's nothing good or cool or fun about doing drugs nobody sees that other side and it's a side that i pray none of you have to see ever because it scarred me for life
you know, aside from the Post Malones, Megan the Stallion, uh, Nicki Minaj, I, you know, I mean, there, it's just hard for me. I, like, if I had to sit here and name the, my f- top ten favorite artists, like, I would really have to think about it. I, I don't even think I would have ten. I mean, it, it just sucks, man, and I, I miss those times. That's why I, I, I reminisce whenever Muggsy brought that, brought that up, and I did go back in time because... If you're a hardcore, especially if you're a musician yourself, rapper, artist, whatever it may be, you learn to appreciate music more. And I'm not saying more than the average person that doesn't, but you hear things, you notice things, you have a more passion for things. For example, like when I, I th- I've talked about it on here before, like a friend of mine, Heather, she plays acoustic guitar, has a beautiful voice, she would do like Beatle covers. And we would play open mic nights around here, and... This is East Tennessee. There's a lot of dumbass, drunk rednecks and just idiots that would get drunk and she'd be up there playing. I mean, killing it, dude. Sounding great. And then you just have these fucking rednecks over here talking and just acting stupid. And I think that's just so disrespectful. Give the artist, musician, band, whatever the respect. Whether you like it or not, if you don't like it, get your ass up and leave. Don't sit there and disrespect them by talking and just acting stupid. And then you get these dumbasses like we make this joke all the time. Play some Skinnerd. That actually happened the same open mic that probably the first live show I ever played around here in East Tennessee where I live. They would yell that. Like, okay, dude, clearly you hear our music. We don't play Skinnerd, you piece of shit. Like, have respect, man. I don't know, that's just something that irritates me, but... Moving on, guys, we got some other huge news. Um, I, I actually forgot that I wrote this in the notes of uh, what to talk about on the show, but this is huge. Y'all know one of the biggest artists that you don't want to take shots at. Hell, one of the all-time greats, Eminem. But for some reason, Nick Cannon decided he would take shots at Eminem. So, I kind of look further into this, because I know they've had beef where Nick Cannon was married to Mariah Carey, and they had beef over that, you know, because where Eminem, I think he, let's be honest, I think he banged Mariah Carey, but it says now in a complex article, Nick Cannon has not, now dropped not one, but two diss tracks aimed at Eminem. Meanwhile, M hasn't responded in kind, only replying to Cannon by way of a couple of retweets. Meanwhile, people online have absolutely roasted Cannon for his tracks. So if you guys go to complex.com backslash music, you'll see one of the top articles here of Nick Cannon basically just getting roasted by multiple people on Twitter. And well-deserved. Nick Cannon's an idiot. It's a bunch of funny tweets, like there's one with the Spongebob Squidward, uh, says me checking up on hashtag rest in peace Nick Cannon hourly to see if Eminem dropped a response yet. I think they started a GoFundMe for Nick Cannon's funeral, so like Eminem fans are roasting this dude, and if I'm Eminem, I probably look at this and go, why why do I even need to respond? I mean, you know, pretty, pretty much everybody sees, but I think... The title, the first one, I think, is The Invitation, is the one Nick Cannon made, and the next one is Pray For Him. It says, the beef between the two was re-sparked in December when M responded to comments Cannon made about their beef on T.I.'s podcast expeditiously. By the way, I love that podcast, and I love the fact that T.I. took that word 
and made it a podcast. That's hilarious. And it says, M then took aim at Mariah Carey and Cannon on his feature for Fat Joe's Family Ties album cut, Lord Above. On Monday, Cannon fired back with the diss track, The Invitation, which prompted M to demand an apology on Twitter. Now Cannon has released yet another diss track, Pray For Him. Even 50 Cent has weighed in on the feud by taking shots at Cannon on his Instagram. So, Nick Cannon, look, dude, number one, I don't even know why this dude makes music. I mean, let's be honest, Nick Cannon, uh, aside from his shit movies, the show, uh, what was Wildin' Out, it's a good show. It's cool, unique. I I did like it, even though Nick Cannon, I feel like, got roasted more than, than anybody on there, but... Nick Cannon, you ain't got the music ability to stand toe-to-toe with Eminem. As a matter of fact, your best isn't as good as Eminem's worst. Though, I mean, let's be honest, does Eminem have a worst? He's going to be one of the all-time greats, legends of hip-hop. We'll forget Nick Cannon after a while. He'll be he'll be like the, the meme, the clown uh, of music i mean I, like i said I, I respect nick cannon for his hustle him trying to get out there oh and he did that one bullshit show with howard stern and all them what america's got talent or some shit it's like the side bitch of the entertainment world i mean let's be real here and nick cannon what i need you to do is get down on your hands and knees and pray to the good lord above that eminem doesn't fire back at you because what little career you have left you better hope america's got talent brings your ass some talent and saves your career i mean really are you an idiot come on man i mean there's there's smart and then there's really fucking stupid and you're really stupid for firing at eminem and you better hope and pray he's just older and doesn't feel like dealing with all this beef shit anymore that's what your ass better hope because when he fires back nick cannon you're dunsky i never say dunsky (laughs) i mean good guy chris rock one of the all-time great legends of comedy remember when he did the mtv music awards a while back what did he say hell no i ain't dissing eminem (laughs) he said hell no so, I don't know what Nick Cannon was thinking. Nick Cannon, do, do us all a favor. Shut the fuck up. I mean, let's be honest. Nine to 12-year-olds are the only people that like what you do. You married Mariah Carey. She probably made you a bitch. Let's be honest. She probably fucked you. You didn't fuck her. Uh, you know you was in the kitchen whipping up her eggs and bacon in the morning, making her a sandwich at lunch and cooking a bitch steak at night. You were her house bitch. So, stop. My boy Mo. You know what I'm talking about, Mo. All right, guys, moving on to... Hey, bro, let's game. And boy, we got a lot of cool stuff here, guys. Some people re-sign. Some famous streamers, some of my favorites. Uh, were they going to move platforms? We don't know. But Tim the Tapman, Dr. Lupo, and Lyric have all decided to re-sign with Twitch, which sucks. I wish at least two of those three would have moved. Hopefully Lupo and Tim the Tap Man. I was hoping they would kind of make the move over to to Mixer or YouTube with Courage being a part of YouTube Gaming Now or Ninja and uh, Shroud being a part of Mixer. But hey, man, they were comfortable there. They started there. I respect the loyalty, but though Twitch sucks and I have quit supporting Twitch as of two or three months ago. 
I no longer will support Twitch. I don't like what they stand for anymore. I think that if your titties and ass is hanging out, the rules don't apply to you on Twitch. These whores can come on here and throw cats, put a titty, pull a titty out, and it will usually get multiple warnings, if that. And even if they do get a ban, it's like 24 hours, but you get some guy that cusses and shit like that, they're banning them for seven to days to permanently. But I'm excited for those guys, man. I love where the gaming world's going, especially involving streamers. These guys are signing big deals, making big moves. Dr. Lupo has raised millions for St. Jude's. I think just the other day I watched the stream. Might have been yesterday's stream. He had a goal to get two million. I think he was at a million, a little over, with like five minutes left. He got a surprise call from one of the high-ups at Twitch. And the CEO of Twitch sent him a check for a million to donate towards St. Jude. So that was awesome, beautiful to see, man. That guy's done a lot for charity, mainly St. Jude's. And it's a beautiful thing to see, man. You know, I guess Twitch has the most watched out of any of the other platforms. And it would be good for him uh, involving char his charities. And he would, that's why he, one of the main reasons he resigned with twitch obviously them now donating to his charity so you know he's got that bond with twitch and much as i hate twitch i respect that so congrats to him i mean tim the tap man i mean good lord he's been a part of twitch forever and i mean some people you know they don't care to make the move i i feel like if more big names other than shroud and uh what's that one guy's name ghoul and ninja and guys like that, if there had been a lot more names along those lines that had moved to Mixer, I feel like that would start drawing these other guys over. But guys, what we need to do, we really need to band together and just, I mean, look, man, I liked Twitch. But then when they started with these titty streamers, like, look, dude, no disrespect. I mean, you, you want to wear whatever, wear whatever. But this is a gaming platform. Pornhub and, and shit like that is for these chicks with their tits and ass hanging out. Okay, put them bitches on Pornhub. If you're not going to come on here and play games, and, it, and they make it so fucking obvious, like going over and bending over in front of the camera. You know, I mean, these bitches know they can go on here. They don't have to go on these porn sites and suck dick and do all this shit. They can just have their titties hanging out a little bit. They don't even have to show the titties. And these, you know, sad-ass, desperate dudes will start throwing them money. Those people are the problems. Those guys that see shit like that and think that, oh, I'll donate to her, she'll notice me. No, dude, she's going to say, oh, thank you for the money, blah, blah, blah. And that's going to be it. She isn't going to fuck you. She isn't going to talk to you. She might talk to you a little bit on the stream, hoping you'll donate more money. And I'm sorry, if you don't believe me, go watch. That's what a lot of them chicks do. So I'm happy for Lyric, Dr. Lupo, and Tim the Tap Man. Those guys really deserve it. They've worked hard. They've, they've streamed for years. They've grinded. They've done everything necessary to be in the position they're in to now sign a big deal. So they definitely deserve it. Congrats to them. And I know 
that'll definitely help them and their families. And, you know, obviously Tim the Tap Man, who started getting recognition streaming off of Overwatch, Dr. Lupo, who started with Destiny, I think one or two, and then Lyric. I know he's a famous Apex Legends. Forgive me, I don't know a whole lot about Lyric. I don't really watch him, but congrats to those guys, man. This is awesome. And I wish those guys the best now and in their futures. We have some Fortnite news, of course. You know me. It's my favorite game right now. Got to talk Fortnite. And the Winterfest has now started, which they've actually changed it up this year from last year. Now, Winterfest will last for two weeks. Every day you get to open a free gift this year, plus you get to do challenges every day and you'll get a banner or, or you know, emote, pickaxe, whatever it may be. And they actually have a... a separate tab for it this year it's like a snowflake tab you actually go into a lodge you got crack shots sitting in there you got all your presents your stocking is where you open your daily challenges for the winter fest so it's cool you get presents not only from doing a challenge per day but you get a free present per day and it's got different stuff and i actually think now uh, epic games billion dollar damn near ass it's finally, after what, how many, good lord, 10 seasons, 11 seasons, giving away a fucking free skin during these events. So look out for that. There's two, the ornament skin, and I think it's like a husk, uh, I don't know, husk skin or some shit. I can't think of what it's actually called, that damn a woolly mammoth looking ass skin i don't whatever it is but winterfest is here it's dope plus we have the star wars challenge and the star wars item shop recently released kylo ren zori bliss they released ray they released sith and imperial stormtroopers and finn and they've also released uh, as part of the free winterfest gifts one of them uh, you got the uh, millennium falcon which is dope Plus, as uh, another free Star Wars event, you receive TIE Bomber and just many other Star Wars items, as I'm sure those of you all who are really into the game have seen. And I'm telling you, man, I've been having a good time with it. Me and Kinsley have been wearing it out, and it's awesome, man. I unfortunately had been saving up to get Kylo Ren, and it looked like they weren't going to release them because they had the Star Wars item shop, and then for three or four days it wasn't in the item shop anymore so i'm like ah, all right well i'd been wanting crack shot as the only christmas skin i really have is nogops and i was like all right well i'm gonna go ahead and get crack shot because he now i don't know if you guys know has four different edit styles so that's that's pretty cool and lo and behold a few days later kylo ren was released and dude he looks sick and so does that zori bliss chick dude she looks immaculate it, it would honestly be hard to choose between the two but now they have the frozen pack legends i'm sure most of you guys have seen that you get the minty elf codename elf in that you get the fish stick skin like winter skin you get winter nog ops you get that monster from the monster robot event and some cool back bling so that's going to be it for fortnite news guys a lot of cool stuff going on if you guys are playing fortnite definitely check it out i'm telling you there's so much good stuff that keeps coming to the game and i'm having a blast fortnite i mean y'all hear me talk about it a lot it's my favorite game right now and i love it by the way i got the what is it the minty pickaxe 
you had to actually go to a GameStop, buy a Fortnite-related item, and you would get a code. And I finally got that bitch. And guys, like I just mentioned a minute ago, there was a live Star Wars event. Now, this article, the way I'm going to read it, it's going to sound like it's about to happen, but it's already happened. GamesRadar.com says, As Epic's Battle Royale game continues to evolve and develop, this might be the biggest crossover exclusive ever. A live Fortnite Star Wars event is going down Saturday, December 14th, and we're going to get the premiere of an exclusive scene from the upcoming Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker movie, revealed by none other than director J.J. Abrams himself. And now he did come into the game. You could hear him talking. They kind of put out little images of him. It was like a stage where the Millennium Falcon landed. Dude, it was sick. Fortnite will officially be the only place this exclusive scene is available, so to get a sneak peek of the latest Jedi action before anyone else, you need to head down to Risky Reels, a great part of the map, one of my favorites. If you want to know how to watch the Fortnite Star Wars event when it's happening or any other details, we've got all the information you need right here. It was a cool event. I actually had to leave midway through it because it was supposed to start at 2. I usually got to be at work at 3. So I had to take off early. And they started at 10 minutes late. There was so many people trying to get in. I left it on because me and Kinsley always watch all the live events. We've done it since Season 3. It was sick, and at the end of it, after J.J. Abrams and, and doing most of the talking and kind of narrating the event, was Jeff Keighley. He is the host of the Video Game Awards. You got, like, lifesavers at the end of it, and now you can go to, there's these special boxes that you can get different color lifesavers. We had green, red, purple, blue, and they would say, like, Ray's lifesaver, Luke Skywalker's lifesaver, Kylo Ren and it was just sick it added a different variable to the game the lifesavers are fun and you can go to these crash sites where these stormtroopers are if you kill all four stormtroopers and i think if you kill one of them it'll give you like their laser blasters so you can rock that too in game dude it's sick i love star wars my uncle is a star wars fanatic I'm not a fanatic, I'll be honest. There's probably some shit in there I can't name, but I do love Star Wars. I watched it as a kid up until now. I haven't caught the newer versions of them, so I need to actually check those out. I've just, man, I've had so much going on, but I'll eventually get caught up on those. I love Fortnite. I think this crossover just proves that Fortnite is dominating gaming right now. And I know a lot of people, oh, it's a kid's game, and they're going to hate and talk shit, but you can't beat Fortnite right now. They are going to be hard to top. I feel like the only way they lose the number one spot is if they die out. And I don't see that happening for a while. Now, everybody's wondering, because it technically should be season uh, chapter 2, season 2 right now, but they have extended it for some reason all the way to February. I don't know why. That will actually start 2020. We'll have season 2. Moving on to Mortal Kombat news. We had Sindel released. Again, this has probably been a, this is a few weeks old. But I have to give my take as we uh, talk Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11, and we give you all our take on the the game as a whole and the new DLC characters we've been updating you guys. Well, the fourth DLC character release, Sindel, again, it's a few weeks old, guys, but hey, I'm going to give you guys my thoughts and opinions on Sindel. I really love her moveset, especially her tournament variations. 
the third one mainly. I love it. She's kind of like, I, I would say, a mix between a zoner and a grappler. She's kind of like uh, Jade mixed with Cetrion. So you get the best of both worlds depending on your preferred playstyle. Though I was waiting on Sindel, she wasn't my most anticipated one. But I gotta tell you, out of all the DLC characters released so far, she's probably my favorite now. We have two DLC characters left out of this DLC pack one. Next month in January 2020, we got the Joker, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah. I can't motherfucking wait on the Joker. January 28th, the Joker is going down, baby. There's actually a video on YouTube of the Joker coming out, like the intro of when both characters walk out and Cassie Cage has that uh, Harley Quinn skin on. And there's a little back and forth between them. Definitely check it out. The Joker looks sick. He sounds awesome. It's on January 28th. Again, guys, it's on, baby. And then we get Spawn in March. Let's go. My beautiful daughter, Kinsley, is a Joker fan and Harley Quinn fan. She loves them. So does my fiance, Darcy. She loves Harley Quinn. Which, I think it would be cool. Hopefully, they incorporate Harley in somewhere in the Joker's moveset. I don't care if it's uh, part of a fatal blow or if she just randomly will come in as one of part of his moves, but look forward to that. But Sindale, man, her fatal blow is sick. I love her fatality. She uses her hair, uh, which I think's dope. She's still got the scream. She has great combos and has become one of my favorite. If I had to rate her 1 to 10, I'm definitely going a 9. Because she actually was a lot better than I thought. She's probably one of my main characters used. Again, I go Kung Lao 1, Jade 2. I would throw Sindel in my fourth spot. For th my third spot, I definitely got to go Noob Saibot. Again, Sindel 4. And my fifth spot would probably go to between Jackie Briggs and Jax. So those are the main characters I use. And that is my most recent top five. I would love Mortal Kombat 11. Try Sindel out, guys, if you all play the game. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. And look for the Joker coming out January 2020, baby. Lies got it. Huh? And our last bit of gaming news involves some drama, guys. We got one of the biggest FaZe members. Uh, I believe he's actually one of the owners. My boy, FaZe Banks. As you all know, I'd been dating Alyssa Violet for a long while after the her and Jake Paul and all that drama and bullshit, you know, that we unfortunately had to hear. She got with FaZe Banks. Things looked good. She moved in with them, and all seemed well in the cloud house, as they call it. And then out of nowhere the other day, Alyssa Violet come out accusing FaZe Banks of cheating, said he fucked all these girls in his house, and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not going to go into great detail of this, because Banks had tried to get a hold of her, like, hey, what's going on with this? You know, why, why are you bringing this out on the internet? And you know, man, it, it's just awful funny this is the same shit she was saying about Jake Paul. I mean, I don't think FaZe Banks was mentally abusive to her. But she had said the same thing. He flew in these girls and fucked them, this, that, this, that. And look, man, we all know FaZe Banks. Dude's got an attitude. He can snap. 
and stuff like that. But he just doesn't come off as this type of guy again. We don't know people, what they look like on the camera as opposed to off the camera. But it just feels like bullshit. Because every time he was trying to talk to her sensible and again, she could have been pissed off and hurt. And if I'm wrong on this, cool, whatever. But it just seemed like it was bullshit. I don't know. I'm not saying it, it was fake. It was an act for them. Because, I mean, they both got... 3 million plus subscribers. I think Faze Banks is in the 4 or 5 million. But I just feel like, why would Banks do this and, and know that this she would go blab about it and put his name out there and ruin his name? I'm just saying. For a guy that did it or whatever, I mean, he could have snazzed, a bitch, why are you saying this, blah, blah, blah. But he was really calm about it. Like, dude, what's going on here? She was saying that he would leave her, go outside and bang some chick. She walked in on him banging this chick, banging that chick. And it was awful funny that when they separated, everything was good, and then out of nowhere, boom, here this is. I don't have proof that it's bullshit, but I, I don't know. I just get this feeling. I mean, you guys can look up the actual story. If you go on YouTube, there's videos about it. There's a drama alert about it. And again, I don't know, man. I, maybe Alyssa Violet is telling the truth, but then again, maybe it's bullshit. It just seems like it's the same song and dance like when she was with Jake Paul. If you all have heard of this or seen this type of scenario before with a friend of yours or a famous person, whatever, give me your take. You think this is bullshit? You think Alyssa Violet's full of shit? Whatever. All right, guys, on to everybody's favorite time of the show. It has been one of them motherfucking days. I tell you, y'all, it has been one of them motherfucking days, bitch. It's time to rant. Alright guys, this rant, I just want to talk about just how, as a part of the YouTube and the COPA thing, and just, man, how sensitive we've become. I mean, it just seems like no matter what you say, no matter what you do anymore, you're getting your video taken down, or they're getting demonetized, or you're getting blocked or banned. I mean, it's just getting fucking ridiculous. So this rant is going to be called, Why So Sensitive? and how we need to chill out. I'm just going to give you all my take on things and, and why I feel like this is just getting fucking ridiculous. We in the land of the free, we're allowed to say what we want to say. Or are we? That's going to be it. All right, guys, let's have a rant. So, I mean, look, man, I, I get it. As part of YouTube doing this, they got a big fine or whatever, but I feel like their response to this, giving people a fine if they don't, if they check the wrong thing as their video isn't kid-friendly or whatever. But I feel like what they're doing, it just seems like, like even with vaping, they use kids as a tool to kind of mask their bullshit for doing fucked-up things like what YouTube's doing. Because it's almost like they're making you be kid-friendly. And if you're not, you're in a separate category. YouTube is made to you to put out videos be creative who gives a shit if you fucking cuss or whatever man it's up to the parents to prevent kids teenagers whatever from watching the shit why do we have to sit here as as content creators podcasters whatever and, and act and and be a certain fucking way because we don't want somebody's kids seeing it and look man i get it but we need to calm down. You all need to stop 
punishing people because they choose to cuss in their video or they choose to have whatever it may be it's just getting old man it's like you people's content that was awesome and dope like uh i dubs doing those content cops he got one taken down because it was said he was bullying leafy who was a known fucking bully that went after many different younger kids going off on them in multiple videos I mean, Content Cop is one of the most all-time best, famous YouTube video series out there from these content guys. And even now, he's getting his shit taken down. And it's like now, if you cuss somebody, your damn video could get taken down. Or if you go off about somebody that could have attacked you, your fucking video could get taken down. Like, are you kidding me? It gets old, man. Like, we can't watch what we want to watch, say what we want to say anymore. And I thought this was America, man. Land of the free. Had a, you know, we're protected by the Constitution. We can say what, you know, I mean, it's just getting ridiculous, man. It's like, no, we're not. We're getting censored. They find these little bullshit reasons involving kids or whatever it may be in order to censor us, man. I mean, it is fucking ridiculous. It's just getting to a point to where, like, YouTube is probably going to suck now. And I watch YouTube every fucking day. I mean, when does this shit end, man? I mean, y'all got to calm down and quit taking stuff so fucking serious. If you don't like somebody, don't watch them. You don't like what they say, ignore them. You don't like a song that's on, don't listen to it. I mean, it's pretty simple. Don't sit here and make these good content creators musicians comedians whatever have to tone down their material it's free it's, it's ridiculous man like i just don't get it hey hey parents here's the thing you don't want want your kids saying doing acting like this then don't fucking let them watch it don't go complaining to the C these ceos and managers supervise high up saying shit just don't let them watch it. It's pretty simple. There's stuff on there to prevent kids from watching some of this stuff. And YouTube, you can only go so far. So, I mean, it ain't like they're going to get on there and watch porn. It's just getting out of hand and flat out ridiculous. And I've noticed a lot of content creators' videos are totally different now because of this shit. Because they don't want to get demonetized because it's how they make money. You're going to ruin a lot of good channels with this shit. And to throw in a $42,000 fine? Hey, YouTube, we're not fucking rich. Some of us all don't have millions of subscribers or listeners, followers. Think of the smaller YouTubers. We have audio on YouTube. I wouldn't consider us YouTubers, though in the future that is a goal of mine to be have this podcast on YouTube. But, I, hell, I don't know now. I would about rather live stream it somewhere. I mean, YouTube is just getting, especially out of all other platforms, is getting sensitive. And it's stupid because, you know what, Twitch will now smoke YouTube. And a lot of these content creators, a lot of them are deciding to do podcasts and stuff like that. So people that's up and coming like me trying to grind and get our name out there, now we're going to have these people with thousands, millions of subscribers to compete with. Because YouTube wants to be Mr. Fucking Sensitive over here. They want to limit because they fucked up and got a fine and didn't do shit right. We all got to suffer for it now. Thanks, YouTube.
I don't know, guys. Give me your take on this. I mean, what do you think? Is a lot of the stuff you watch, listen to every day, do you feel like people are getting too sensitive? Or I don't know. Maybe am I overreacting? I, I don't think I am. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious how sensitive people are anymore. And it's getting old. But give me your take, guys, for sure. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 69. I would like to thank Muggsy for coming on the show, sharing that audio with us. Again, we'll have an interview coming soon with Muggsy. I'd say probably 2020 in January or February. Look out for that. And if you want to check Muggsy out, his Facebook is facebook.com backslash official with the capital O and then Muggsy, M-U-G-Z-Y, capital M on that backslash. Check him out, man. You won't be disappointed. Australian-based rapper land from down under dropping that lyrical thunder. My boy Muggsy, damn good guy. Wish him the best. I definitely hope he makes it. And guys, go on there. Tell him, hey, man, Ready, Set, Show podcast sent me over here. Great audio. Great little mini interview. And we appreciate him. And let him know what you think of his music, man. I'm telling you, he's a great guy. And I really do appreciate him reaching out to us and wanting to come on the show because man his credentials are way bigger than ours and though it probably helped us more than him i hope that we can turn some of our listeners friends and family onto him because that guy deserves it trust me so thank you mugsy and i like to thank everybody that listens to the show man guys i know we've had a lot going on a lot of changes we've been silent for the last couple months and i just want to thank you all that still listen that still support and share episodes and just get our name out there man and and again there's no excuse for you know slacking like that though i mean it's not intentional guys we really have had a lot going on and now with letty putting things on pause for a while i had to regroup and kind of figure out the direction but hey man we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep putting out that great content for you guys we got a lot of cool things coming up for 2020 i want to wish everybody a merry christmas and a happy new year to you and your family from my family and i just thank you all so much for the love let's get this podcast out there guys as always like uh, follow our anchor page at anchor.fm backslash r dash s dash s dash podcast go like the facebook page at rss podcast twitter at ready set show pod if you go to our facebook page scroll down just a little bit when you get there you'll see a pin post that has all our information from where you can listen to this podcast to all our social media pages email all that good shit so definitely go check that out follow us on all our social media pages or whichever one you use the most will be cool and definitely like that follow that anchor page man follow the other places guys we really would appreciate it and i thank y'all so much bear with us we coming baby the ready set show podcast ain't going anywhere for episode 69 of the ready set show podcast i'm your boy dt this is podcast greatness and greatness never dies i'm out man peace